This is Ephraim Zimbalis Jr. of the FBI television series. What's in a name? In the United States Army, the word private has always designated the ordinary soldier. But as any recruit will tell you, there's nothing ordinary about a private. Originally, the private was privy to general offices and served in the private quarters of the commander. There is also nothing ordinary about the name Richard. It is of Teutonic origin and designates a powerful ruler. What's in a name? Plenty. Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee welcoming you to the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past with the world's most famous personalities. Those memorable moments when everyone listened to enjoy the make-believe world of radio. On this program, we are featuring Vaughn Monroe, Victor Borga, Benny Goodman and his orchestra, plus an excerpt from The Great Gildersleeve. One of the popular singers during the 1940s and 1950s was a performer billed as Muscle Voice. His record sold in the millions, and this theme song has always introduced Mr. Vaughn Monroe. It's a pleasure to be on Mr. System's Columbia Network, where we're surrounded by such good company. We're looking forward to being around these parts every Saturday night, and we've been polishing up some favorites for the occasion. Here's a little, little medley the Moon Maids and I would like to sing to you and to Dinah Shore. That thin man Frankie can relax and eavesdrop. It's only a paper moon sailing over a cardboard sea. But it wouldn't be make-believe if you believed in me. Yes, it's only a canvas sky hanging over a muslin tree. But it wouldn't be make-believe if you believed in me. Without your love, it's a honky-tonk parade. Without your love. It's a melody played in a penny arcade. It's a Barnum and Bailey word, just as phony as it can be. But I wouldn't be make-believe if you believed in me. Oh, you. 
appeared on the radio every Wednesday night on the NBC network as everybody's favorite, The Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear, dear. That Judy and her poor father. Never a moment's peace. He lets that family of his just lead him around by the nose. <laughs> well, my name's not Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve. You think I'll put up with anything like that from Leroy? Whoop. Leroy almost forgot about his coming home from school with a temperature. Leroy, you stay in bed now and I'll be right up there. Can't fool around with temperatures, you know, my boy. Might be an epidemic. Keep the covers on. I'll be right up with that hot water bottle. Yeah, there you are, my boy. All tucked in. Your old uncle's going to take care of you. Don't you worry. You know, Leroy, I may lose my temper with you once in a while. But if anything was to happen to you, I don't know what I'd do. I want you to forgive me for not believing you were sick this morning. Uh, will you do that? Oh, sure, that's okay. Uh, that's the boy. Now, Bertie's gone for the day, and Marjorie's not here either. But I'll just stay home from the office and show you what a good nurse I can be. After I fix your orange juice, we might play a little game of checkers. How's that sound? Super. <laughs> uh, then I'll fix your lunch after a while, and it'll be something you like, too, my boy. Your old uncle can cook a little if he wants to. And after lunch, I'll tell you a story. Uh, Jack and the Beanstalk. Or read to you. Or we'll play games or whatever you like. Thanks, Unc. Don't thank me, Leroy. When a boy is sick, he deserves the best of everything. And that's what you're going to get, my boy. Now, you lie there and keep covered up, and I'll go down and fix your orange juice. Uh, light bother you coming in the window? No, that's all right. Well, if it bothers you, I'll pull down the shade. Now, I'll be back with the orange juice before you can say Jack Robinson. This might not be so bad. sitting here. Where? On the stairs. What doing? Trying to get my breath. Honk. What? I'm hungry. I just gave you lunch. Yeah, canned soup and prune juice. <laughs> You're lucky to get it. Honk. Now what? I'm lonesome. He's lonesome. 
Well, I'm tired. Zoof. I've been up these stairs 50 times today. Have I been up once? Then you tell me you're lonesome. Well, there's nothing to do. How can you say that? I brought you funny papers. I brought you games. I brought you books. I got you a jigsaw puzzle off the top shelf in the sewing room closet and nearly broke my neck. And look at it all over the floor. You're not here to be entertained, young man. You're here to get well. Well, what are you looking at me like that for? All right, Leroy, I'm sorry. What would you like me to do? If you could bring up the radio. Lug the radio clear up here? That great big thing? You let Marge have it when she was sick. All right, I'll bring up the radio, ye gods. It's a dinger. Well, oink. Radio. Gosh, Unc, you're super. I'm a sucker. Go ahead now, amuse yourself. And don't let me hear another peep out of you. Wait a minute, you haven't plugged it in. Huh? Where's the socket? Under the bed. Over. Oh, you'll never make it that way, Unc. You have to get down on your stomach and slide under. It's the only way. (laughs) Well, if I have to... Tight fit. Here, Unc, you'll never make it. You better let me. You better let me. Oh, stop bouncing up and down up there, Leroy. Sorry. Leroy, conditions under your bed here are an absolute disgrace. (laughs) Simply filthy. Old shoes. Comic books. It's all right, it's just a bird's nest. I thought it was something else. (laughs) Will you tell me what a bird's nest is doing here? Must have got lost. Uh Uh-huh. There. You coming out, Unc? If I can get out. Can I turn it on now? Did you plug it in? If you you want to. Look at your shoes. Don't tell me to look at it. Confound it, you look at it. Just look at it. Dust all over it. That's what happens if you crawl around on the floor. Leroy, the minute you get well, I want you to get under there with a pick and shovel and clean that place out. (laughs) You understand? Not Bertie, you. Uh, What's that? Oh, the radio. There, that's working. I'm going downstairs to rest. Okay, I'll, I'll call you if I need anything. The Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. Oh, no, not that. Get something else, Leroy. <laughs> See you Wednesday, folks. Hey, Unc. Hey, Unc, Unc, come back here. I've got something else, and it's really super. The Victor Borga Show, starring Benny Goodman. Uh, what name was that? Victor Borga. Oh, brother. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. And thank you, too, Leroy. 
I'm really very flattered to be in this parade of stars that's being put on the air by the, uh, 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 what network is it? NBC. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Mr. Barton, you don't have to spell things out for me. <laughs> you know, people think I'm ignorant because I'm from Denmark. That isn't true. I could have come from any other country and be just as ignorant. <laughs> Matter of fact, it's only a coincidence that I come from Denmark. I just happened to be there when I was born. I say, Victor, I've always wondered, whereabouts in Denmark were you born? Uh, the upper right-hand box of the Copenhagen Opera House. Uh, my mother was very disappointed. Why? What was she expecting? Rigoletto. <laughs> well, Victor, I'm sure the people listening in would like to hear more about you. Uh, would you mind telling us something about yourself? Oh, my life is an open book. Oh, fine. Don't miss chapter 22. It's the pip. <laughs> well, what about your immediate family? I have no immediate family. But I have three sisters. Uh, their names are Greta, Helga, and... Uh, what do you mean, Greta, Helga, and... I guess I have only two sisters. But I have two brothers. Well, what are their names? Schmorgus and Ham. Schmorgus and Ham? Yeah, Schmorgus Borger and Ham Borger. <laughs> oh, you're pulling my leg. <laughs> yeah, I'm pulling your leg. I just wanted to make them even. Hmm. Well, were there any famous people in the Borger family? Famous? I wouldn't say that. Oh, well, it was uh, my uncle Ingolf. They traced him back to Marie Antoinette. In fact, they traced him back to Marie Antoinette a couple of times. Sure, I understand that, you, that you're quite an accomplished musician. I'm um, an accomplished musician? That's well, right, yeah. uh, I come from a long line of uh, pianists and farmers. Farmers? Were, yeah, better farmers. <laughs> I studied at the Hooten-Gadooten Conservatory of Music. That was the most... Did you say the Hooten-Gadooten Conservatory? Yes, it was founded by Herman Hooten-Gadooten, the Danish biscuit king. All over Denmark, you see his advertisement. Hooten-Gadooten, Fick Newton will send you Rooten. Boy, what a slogan. You're Dan Tooten. <clears throat> well, tell me, Victor, do you find much difference between Danish and American music? Uh, not much, except that American musicians use such peculiar language, the jeeve talk or something. You mean jive talk. That's exactly what I mean, yeah. I wish I could learn it. Well, every Monday night I hear Don Wilson say, The Victor Borger Show, starring Benny Goodman. And Benny being the king of swing, I think he should be able to teach you. I never thought of that. And here he is right now. I'll ask him, Benny, Benny Goodman. Yes, uh, uh, did you call me Victor? No, I called you Benny. <laughs> that is your name, isn't it? <laughs> What's on your mind, Vic? Benny, you know all about jive talk. Uh, how about putting me hip? Putting you what? Hip. I want to learn these jitterbug expressions like uh, solid Svensson and... Uh, <laughs> beat me father three out of four. <laughs> Victor, what in the name of Petrillo are you talking about? Oh, you know, Benny. <laughs> you know, Benny, I, I'm in the grave. Do you dig me? Victor, if you ask me, you're non-compass mentis. That's the idea, Benny. Now you are cooking on the front lawn. <laughs> Mr. Borger, I'll have you understand I don't use that kind of language, and I forbid any one of my musicians to use that kind of language. You do? Yes. Only the other day, one of my trumpet players came up to me and said, BG, grab your licorice stick, and we'll get the joint jumping and the alligators bouncing. 
And what happened? That man is now playing solos on the poop deck of a live bait boat off Pismo Beach. <laughs> Bailey, I, I, I didn't know you took your jazz so seriously. Oh, I do, Victor. Why, uh, the most serious thing in the world to me is my clarinet. What can you do with your clarinet that I can't do with my piano? Well, for one thing, I can get together with five other musicians and make a sextet and play the Sheik of Arabic. Fine, let me hear you do it, Benny. Come on. Fine, Benny, but I can do something with my piano that you can't do with the clarinet. Uh, for instance? Well, let me take a little walk over to the piano and I'll show you. Uh, Victor, can you tell the... 
Uh, oh, time for instance, the... uh, uh, you have a piano at home, you can use it in the kitchen. Uh, for instance, you want to cook eggs, you want to cook three-minute eggs, you just play the minute wall three times. <laughs> See? Or you can tell time with the piano anytime you want. That you'll have to show me. Well, suppose you come to my house to spend the evening and we are sitting around and you want to know what time it is, so you ask me, Victor, what time is it? Go ahead, ask me. Okay, Victor, what time is it? I don't know, Benny. My watch has stopped, but I can, but I can tell you time on the piano. Well, you go ahead. Okay. Hey, hey, you next door. Cut out that piano playing. Don't you know it's 1.30 in the morning? Thank you. <laughs> Radio has always presented on-the-spot interviews. Here's comedian Don Adams to show us what it might have sounded like 30 or 40 years ago. This is your roving reporter speaking to you from the locker room of the Denver Gladiators. Standing before me is one of the greatest fullbacks of all time. He's six foot six and weighs 320 pounds. He's the toughest, roughest, most feared lineman in American football. His name? Crazy Leg Spangler. How's it going this year, Crazy Legs? Well, it's going just extra well. Um, thank you very much, sir. Just extra well. Well, why do they... Why do they call you Crazy Legs, Crazy Legs? Oh, very legs? simple. Very simple, silly. I've got crazy legs. <laughs> Aren't they pretty? Well, they're very attractive, Crazy well, thank Legs. thank you again. Now let's talk about your prowess on the gridiron. Very well. It's always been... <laughs> amazing to me how you can push through that line. Avoid all those tacklers and speed across the field for touchdown after touchdown without ever being touched. Oh, yes, it is amazing. No question there. <laughs> Especially considered that I so much more enjoy being tackled. <laughs> Crazy Legs, it's often been said that you sleep, live, and breathe nothing but football. I'll go with that, yes. <laughs> and I can see that it's true. Even now in the locker room, here you stand with a football under your arm. No, that's my purse. <laughs> in closing, Crazy Leg, how do you get along with your teammates? I mean, you'll have to admit you're a little, uh, well, different. Well, I get along just fine. I mean, we're a jolly bunch together here, you know. There's, uh, well, there's, uh, there's Tiger Nagurski over there, our 350-pound lineman. And hi, Tiger. Hi, Tracy Boo. See you at Din Din. <laughs> <laughs> There's your answer right there. Yes, it certainly is an answer. I mean, it's just fun. Well, thanks for talking with us today, Crazy Legs. Oh, you're entirely welcome, I'm sure. Bye-bye. That wraps up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. I hope you've enjoyed the past half hour. And here's a fact from Uncle Sam's Almanac. You know, dating back to 1832, Americans have picked their presidential choices publicly by means of partisan political nominating conventions. It's a unique expression of a free democracy in action. And look, a look at the record proves that it works. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you to join me next time for more great moments from radio programs of the past. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio Service.